Hey friends, Ariana here from the Rainbow Dice Club. We're so excited to release this little interview series we've put together, and we hope you enjoy listening as much as we've enjoyed doing them. Get to know the cast and learn a bit about the characters we'll be playing in our inaugural campaign. Before we get to the fun stuff, here's a brief content warning. Today's episode includes profanity. Hello, everybody. I'm Dusty, and today I've got someone incredible for you all to meet. A uh, kind and benevolent DM, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name's Lex. Uh, my pronouns are they, she. I am the DM for the Rainbow Dice podcast, and I am so excited to be working with Dusty for this interview today. And what a wonderful DM you are. So we've got a couple questions. Uh, they're going to be interspersed with questions that we got on our Discord server, more information at the end, as well as on our Twitter page, and just kind of questions that I thought would be fun for Lex here to answer. And my first question is going to be, uh, what the fuck is wrong with that old guy? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you what the fuck is wrong with that old guy. All your questions. I would like to reserve the right to not answer. So the first one is from Adventures of Bovascala. I uh, apologize if I didn't say that right. Or at Bovascala on Twitter asks, what drew you to Dungeons and Dragons? Honestly, I was scrolling TikTok about a year and a half ago and kept coming across a bunch of uh, Dimension 20 postings from Brennan Lee Dimension Mulligan. Right? Lee Mulligan. The ones that got me and spoilers for people who have, well, not really, but like minor spoilers for Fantasy High is just Baron from the Baronies. Just watching S Brennan do scenes of Baron from the Baronies. I had to watch it. I was so intrigued. And then I watched watched the show on Dropout and decided I wanted to try. So TikTok and Brennan Lee Mulligan. <laughs> Those are my answers. Uh, two great things, honestly. Yes. Specifically the Brennan Lee Mulligan. He lives rent-free in my mind. Yes. Um, our second question is from Morgan in our Discord server. Uh, what is it like DMing for a podcast? Are there any unique challenges or is it just like running or being in a private game? So I have a bit of a unique situation where I'm actually a very new DM. I started DMing because of this podcast and because of the casting process. So the first time I ever DMed was recorded or when we were running the auditions for the podcast itself. So I have never DM'd a game that wasn't recorded in some capacity. I have played in games that are not recorded. And I will say that so far, the main difference is that in, in unrecorded games, you're a lot less conscientious of saying, oh, well, I'm just going to go do this, you know, or mm. over explaining. Whereas in the, in our, in the podcast, we're making a very strong point of not delving too deeply into it or justifying the, our character's actions out of character. That's the only thing. And then also the weird thing is having to hear yourself back <laughs> on recording is <laughs> fucking weird. Yes. Um, but it's awesome because I forget what happens in my own game and will listen back and be like, ah, yes, now I can do my recap. Yes, that is one of the things that is very nice, especially uh, somebody who's in the game, too, and maybe didn't pick up on everything. Um, so, yeah, I would I would agree with that. Great That's a blessing answer. and a curse in the sense that, like, if I mess up and 
say something to you guys, you are way more likely to catch it because you're listening to it two or three times. Things become canon more easily. Yes. <laughs> All right. So question number three is how hard or easy was it to work with your players to create characters that fit smoothly into the world? Alternatively, was it more f was it more fitting the characters or was it fitting the world around the characters? Our whole world building, the world building process was incredibly collaborative for this group. Um, again, I'm a new DM. I've never world built. I am incredibly fortunate to have people at the table who have, who can, who have helped me and are continuing to help me. And so it really became more of a, what do you want to see in the world and what kind of character do you want to play and how can we make a world that that makes sense for. It was much more build the world to the characters and make adjustments accordingly. I think if you were to ask any other member of the cast, if I ever told them like, hard no, you can't do that. I don't think that really ever happened unless I was joking. Because for the most part, I would just be like, no, you can't do that. That's just ridiculous <laughs> because it would be something ridiculous. But character building stuff, I was like, Oh, you want to do something horribly traumatic to your character that may or may not ever come up and only you and I know it? Okay, sure. Go for it. And then they'll write like a 10 page long traumatic journal entry about something. And I fit it into the world. That's awesome. Uh, in the same vein, at Zimbabwe on Twitter asks, when creating a campaign from scratch, did you start with one place and expand or did you start with an already planned continent? So I started with one place and expanded, and then I created a continent and placed that place in the continent. I know that I just said the word place about five times, but is it what works. it is. You'll see that our first town, uh, the town of Dragon's Nest, I brought it up to the to the cast before the cast was even finished, where I just was like, I think I have this this idea for a town and what it looks like and kind of the the concept behind it. What do you think? And then I just built around that. And then again, it was a lot of, well, what kind of things do you want to see in the world as we built up the cast and as we work together? So I just fleshed out the surrounding areas and some of the things within the town that I hadn't already established. It was just a lot of working outwards from one place. And just like a follow up, this isn't an official question, but I just want to follow up. Uh, do you think that was easier than starting with a continent and working in? I think it was easier because when I so when I made the map, I found it really overwhelming to fill in the map with a bunch of places and try and figure out all these details of a bunch of places all at once. Whereas starting with one place and being like, this is where the story is going to stay for at least a little bit. I can be confident in this story or in this location and then build out. I was like, it, I felt more comfortable just because I had more time to think about the rest of the world. It's still a lot more, it's still more flexible right now versus this is how it has to be 100% because I made the rest of the world exactly this way or something like that. It just, to me, seemed more organic. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so question number five, who's your most favorite NPC you've ever created? I've got a couple. So in one of my one shots, I've got a thing for crazy old men. Um, 
<laughs> crazy old male um, NPCs, I should say. I don't like crazy old men in real life. Thank you for the clarification. I felt like I needed to clarify. In my first ever one shot, I had an old hermit who sent the party in their direction, like kind of pushed them where they needed to really go. And he had been alone so long that he forgot his own name. And so he essentially just named himself whatever he saw nearby. And the first thing when he when asked what his name was, the first thing that he saw was an acorn. So his name is Acorn. I love him. And then, if I remember correctly, he had a specific voice. Do you want to sample that for us? <laughs> I have to think about what his voice was. What was it? Um, it was time. What is time but some weird soup? Time is just a soupy thing that we all exist in. My name is Acorn. <laughs> he had a thing where he just didn't didn't understand the world. And he just was like, well, what do you mean you got past my powerful spells of warding? And they would be like basically the cantrips of protection or something like that. The most basic level magic you could. And he's like, I'm convinced this is the best magic I could ever do. So <laughs> he's one of my favorites. Um, and then I have an NPC in my back pocket who may or may not show up in this campaign. I've been workshopping Gladys forever. Gladys? Gladys is my, like, I love her. She is, if you think of a stereotypical, like, roadside diner waitress in New Jersey. <laughs> All right, sweetheart, what can I get you today? You want some waffles? Waffles. What, kind, what kind of eggs do you want on the side? Scrambled? Okay, cheese with that. Yeah, you know what? You got to pick up the pace, sweetheart. I go on my smoke break in the next three minutes. <laughs> I really hope we be Gladys. I'm trying to work her in there, but her voice hurts me so much. Oh, no. <laughs> but I love it. We suffer for art. Exactly. For our art, we shall suffer. <laughs> Oh, okay. Next question. So basically, the, I just really like the broken NPCs. <laughs> the broken. Don't we all? The, yeah. I mean, they're we the most entertaining. The broken, yeah. the broken players, the broken NPCs. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you met that, my broken. My, I, I, also, I have a one-shot character that I bring up on occasion named Thad, who is a, uh, a CrossFit bro. Yes. And he's a paladin, and he gets his powers from his oath to communal community fitness. <laughs> and he is deeply, deeply in denial that CrossFit is a cult. <laughs> and actively tries to recruit people on a regular basis. <laughs> and he's very stupid. I think we met Thad in that. You did. You <laughs> did. We you bullied met him relentlessly. No, 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 no. That was a different Thad. Oh, that was a different Thad. Okay. <laughs> that was that was a that was an NPC Thad. No, my Thad is not a dick. Oh, He's just dumb. Okay. My Thad is not is not an He's a asshole. himbo. <laughs> oh, he's a total himbo. I literally remember playing him at one point and going, Consent is cool. You have to get consent. Enthusiastic yeses are the only form of consent. And that was that. That is a feminist. But he don't he's really only a feminist because he thinks that he just doesn't he's not smart enough 
or clever enough to think of a different way. He's just like, well, I see women and non-binary people be just as strong and awesome as I am. So why the fuck does anyone have any problems? I don't get it. I don't understand. Simplistic reasoning. Yes, very simplistic. Because I don't want to say that people who are assholes are smart. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So on to question number six. We're almost done. Um, Vez in the Discord server asks, what's your favorite small piece of trivia about Aurea that players don't know? Something unimportant that it doesn't matter to the campaign. I fucking knew you were going to pick this question. (laughs) I love this question. It's so good. I'm trying to think. Something that you guys wouldn't encounter in the game. And that really doesn't matter, but it's just something fun, small. I had an idea for this the other day, and then I completely forgot. Oh, no, I remember what it was. That each of the towns kind of has, like, or not just the the towns, but each of the provinces has a flag for the province to dictate, you know, who they're talking. Mm -hmm. It refers more to the government and everything, but there are actual, like, I've got concepts for like actual flags for each of the like eight provinces or something i haven't recounted in a little while it's fun yeah so it doesn't really factor into anything but i was like the politicians always have flags yeah yeah mm -hmm. very 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 they need a flag something to to identify themselves or something identify yeah awesome i love that that's that's cool we should get that mocked up at some point I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Just adds especially, a little bit more depth to the world. Yeah, and then especially with like changes in the world that we've already seen as we've been playing and stuff like that, it kind of makes some of the flags look a little funny because you're just like, well, why is that? Why does it not look like this for like where Dragon's Nest is? Mm-hmm. Well, because it was made before Dragon's Nest. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. yeah. All right. So second to last question. What do you think makes a good DM? Honestly, I think a good DM is somebody that just understands that you're not really running a game. You're kind of just hosting it. And it it really, truly is a collaborative effort. You know, you might have a story in mind, but your players are also part of it. You can't railroad them because it's not fun for them. And then... But if you let them go to hog wild, your whole every, it's not fun for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding that this is collaborative, it's collaborative storytelling. I think that's what makes the biggest story, biggest difference. And really knowing that I say all this acting as though I'm a, like a very experienced DM. I'm not. Hey. Um, but being ready to completely admit that you fucked up in your storyline too also helps because you're human your -hmm. characters might not be but you are (laughs) and think on just be ready to think on your feet i just think of like you know going back to dimension 20 like emily axford (laughs) so when people say like she is like one of the best dnd players out there Mm -hmm. um and I'm like, I cannot, I'm trying to imagine having her at a, a table with me. And I'm just like, actually, though, as long as you just follow like the yes and mm-hmm. theory of improv and just be like, all right, and now what? And make her do half the work that she like, ha- make her ha- do half the work of digging herself out of the hole she dug for herself. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's what you got to do, you mm-hmm. know? 
So my just favorite, yes anding half half the way through. It's honestly yes and is the biggest thing in anything you do that's like yeah. crowd based, I guess almost. Whether that be theater, Dungeons and Dragons, sometimes even like in your own workspace. Oh <laughs> the yeah. yes and is so important. Um, my favorite quote from Brennan Lee Mulligan about Emily Axford is she's an amazing player. I love her to death. She's one of my closest friends, but she was sent from hell to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite bits. One of, to one of have my that. One of my favorite bits from her is just when back in Fantasy High, when she's like, I want to make a like pre- like make a minor illusion of a really sexy rat. And he just goes, I Brennan goes, I want you, Emily Axford, not Figaroth fan, but Emily Axford to describe to me what a sexy rat is and forced her to break character and tell everybody what that meant. And I think part of it was comedic relief, but also I really think Brendan was like, I I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. What I'm do you mean by you. a sexy rat? And he needed a second to think about where this could go. So and then her husband played a rat and then oh, yeah. sleeping. Oh sick. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. God, and like, I love them. I think just having that open mindedness of being like, you know what? I got point A and I got point B. I got point A, I got point B. Everything else is kind of bullshit. They're gonna figure it out or they're not. <laughs> That's kind of the way that I approach DMing where I'm just like I don't have every single little thing figured out because honestly, <laughs> you guys are going to pick and choose what you like and I'm not about to waste time on stuff you're not going to do. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, pops up in the first episode with Ivy and <laughs> it pops up pretty quickly. I mean, it pops up. I remember between like episodes two and three. I did all this background work, do all this other prep work, and then we get to episode three, and you guys literally are like, we're just going to talk instead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I did all this work. I made all these NPCs for you to talk to for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that is uh, pretty much DMing yeah. in a nutshell is I did yeah. all this work for nothing. It's not nothing, because eventually I'm sure it'll come up. I say, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> through gritted teeth <laughs> while Pointing looking a away. knife at me <laughs> being like i better fucking get to use my npcs they have whole backgrounds and all sorts of shit dusty come they on hopes and fears and dreams i just want to play a small little gnome again that's one <laughs> of my goddamn npcs <laughs> <laughs> segwaying somehow yes, very hard somehow. left to the last question this is uh, to the <laughs> listeners this is really how like any dead time or any time when we're not structured goes <laughs> with this group where we just end up bullshitting with each other the entire time it's great i love being friends with all these weirdos <laughs> Last question. Leo C. in the Discord asks, what or where do you see yourself in the future of role-playing games? I mean, again, I'm still a new DM, but like, I fucking love DMing. I mean, I'm really blessed, again, to have this absolutely phenomenal group. Um, But even during the casting process, when it wasn't this group of people, this amazing set of four people that I'm working with, 
it was still a lot of fun, even when we were horrendously <laughs> derailed in one of my one shots. It was still really a good time. And I see myself wanting to DM more, more so than play, maybe. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to want to play occasionally, but in those situations, I'm definitely going to make the really broken, messed up characters. <laughs> yeah. You know, reading some of the, some of my players' backstories, I'm like, ooh, I could really get into. So this is the level of fucked up. That's my that's the bar now. I got to go worse than this. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah, I see myself DMing a lot in the world of tabletop gaming. I'd love to play in person sometime. I've never played D&D <laughs> in person. Never the once. ultimate goal. Yeah, I've only ever been online because I started during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, them's the goals. Well, do you have any closing remarks? Anything left for me? I've got a little shout out what your socials are in a second, but do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? Last words for this would probably just be, if you're not at a table that makes you laugh and makes you smile every single minute that you're playing with them or talking with them, find another goddamn table. Mm-hmm. Preach. Um, I know that it sounds really tough because finding a table, especially if you're online and you're queer, it can be really intimidating, but they're out there. These amazing players and amazing DMs are out there. I can't wait to share this whole campaign with everyone. It's going to be wild actually getting to share this and see people's reactions to it. So thank you very much for, for asking me questions, Dusty, and thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Yes. Um, I really appreciated that. It always it always helps have some different ones other than character uh player oriented ones. All right. Well that's all we've got for today. So uh Lex, what is your Twitter handle if people want to find you? Oh yeah. Um you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LexGetPizza. Make sure to follow Lex there and then also follow our Twitter and Instagram at Rainbow Dice Club. And we'll have some more things in the show notes. We'll link to the people who sent us questions, their Twitters. If you want to join the Discord, send the Twitter a shout out and we'll get you that link. And always remember, you are valid, you are accepted, and you are welcome, and you are welcome at our, at our table. table. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.